Hi, it's Mark Sinkowitz. Last month, I had the pleasure of attending the National Association of Plant Breeders annual meeting in Ames, Iowa. As always, I sat down with this year's Borlaug scholars to talk about their career, where they're headed, and why the Borlaug scholarship is of value to them. The NAPB Borlaug Scholars Program strengthens the plant breeding profession by helping support attendance of future leaders at the NAPB annual meeting. Mary Frances Laporte is a third year PhD candidate at the University of California, Davis. She's studying genomic prediction of carotenoid traits in tropical and subtropical maize grain. Throughout her studies, she's been interested in computational science, specifically how high-performance computing can be used to answer questions relating to plants and plant breeding. Enjoy our chat. Mary Frances, thank you for sitting down with me. Yeah, thank you. Now, you are studying, this is a mouthful for me, Genomic prediction of carotenoid traits in tropical and subtropical maize grain. Again, I'm a layman. I'm hoping you can explain to us exactly what you're looking at, what you found, and why it's significant. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at carotenoid traits, which are um, traits related to vitamin A. So carotenoid compounds, some of them are, we call them pro-vitamin A carotenoids, your body when we consume them, can turn that into vitamin A. Um, and this is very important for people in regions where a lot of dietary calories are coming from maize, but there's also high prevalence of vitamin A deficiency. So by biofortifying maize grain with these pro-vitamin A carotenoids, hopefully people can get a larger amount of vitamin A in their diet, or carotenoids in their diet, to turn them into vitamin A. So we're looking at um, specifically tropical and subtropical maize grain lines, because in these regions where there's both incidence, high incidence of vitamin A deficiency and um, a high percentage of dietary calories coming from maize, um, the, these tend to be in tropical and subtropical regions. So it's important to biofortify lines that are already suited for those areas. And so what exactly are we doing with these lines and in these areas? Well, we're looking at um, genomic prediction. So that is using um, statistical models to predict which lines will have um, a phenotype of interest. And in this case, that's a higher concentration of carotenoids. So your listeners might already be familiar with other um, efforts to increase the levels of carotenoids in uh, different maize lines. So this is something that people have been doing for a long time, but it seems to be working and there's still room for to drive genetic gain in, in maize. We know that carotenoid levels tend to deplete um, as the drain dries and um, once it gets down the pipeline to consumers. So there's still plenty of room to be driving the, driving the gain and driving higher levels of carotenoids. Yep, and so one, um, one project that we've been working on is comparing different genomic prediction methods. So that's switching up the different statistical models that we're using to predict the carotenoids level, the carotenoid levels in the um, maze for each maze line. Yeah. Now, how did you first get interested in this whole plant breeding thing? I first got interested in agriculture more generally um, when I was an environmental science major in college. I'm from Nebraska originally, so I was aware of agriculture, <laughs> I was aware of um, the seed industry, but um, I went in as an environmental science major and in our classes we learned a lot about 
how the how agriculture impacts the climate and how the climate impacts agriculture. And I was sitting there in class one day and thought, well, wait a minute, why am I not working in agriculture? I should study that instead. <laughs> that sounds really important. Um, so I switched to plant biology and um, I decided to go to graduate school because I've always been very interested in computing and mathematics. And that was something I studied a bit in undergrad. And I wanted the opportunity to learn more about how um, computing and mathematics are being used in um, the agricultural industry. And the best way to do that in my opinion, is to study quantitative genetics. So um, that's how I ended up where I am now. Now, throughout your studies, you've been interested in computational science, mm -hmm. specifically how, again, this is another mouthful, how high-performance computing can be used to answer questions relating to plants and plant breeding. Now, how does high-performance computing make your job easier, and what do you see coming in the future in this regard? Ah, so I'm so excited to talk about this. <laughs> so... I think high-performance computing allows you to answer so many, so many bigger and new types of questions that we weren't able to answer before. And when you look at the history of, of computer science and modeling, it's really hand-in-hand -hand with the history of modeling in agriculture because agriculture is one of the first things that people wanted to model, both economically and biologically, um, or in the case of the climate, people were uh, modeling the climate for applications in agriculture. So you will see hand in hand when advancements come in our ability to compute things very soon after or hand in hand advancements come in our what we're doing modeling wise in agriculture and so you think about the rise of the personal computer has allowed us to have all of these gains of advancement and knowledge at the poster session at NAPB there are all of these posters where people have done GWAS analyses QTL analyses on their personal computer um, and that's just absolutely incredible. So when we think about high-performance computing, we're going beyond the capabilities of our personal computers to um, even larger computational systems. And through that, we'll be able to um, answer just bigger and better questions than we can maybe even imagine before. So one thing that I like to think about sometimes is, what if we could model, um, let's say, instead of a, a trait like um, the levels of carotenoids, what if we could model an entire flavor profile or entire aroma profile that would be this huge response this huge um, trait that we're modeling with many different components that are interrelated but perhaps that's something with more computational power we would be able to model more more accurately um yeah that that's one thing i think is very exciting um and as far as the future of high performance computing it's such a golden age, I think, for this field, especially as plant scientists. If you think about the the world we're going to exoscale computing, like that's the big catchphrase, exoscale computing. Um, and plant biologists are, are really there every, every step of the way. So um, you think about the advancements in um, breeding at Oak Ridge National Lab, um, one of the DOE national labs with Poplar and um, particularly in Poplar. Um, they're using this exascale computing power, this huge computing power, um, to make advancements in Poplar. Um, and I think that this will only continue as our um, ability to model crops increases. I think that these will combine with other forms of modeling, like climate modeling, and come together, and we'll just be able to get a much larger understanding of, of the agricultural world around us. It's amazing. <laughs> It is amazing, and you are an amazing student, as are the other Borlaug scholars this year. Congrats on your scholarship. What's the biggest benefit that you hope 
to gain by being a Borlaug scholar and, and attending the NAPB meeting this year. Thank you. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to get to meet people in the um, agricultural industry and in the seed industry while being here. And I'm very grateful to the mentorship program that they have for us, where we get to connect with, with a mentor and ask them questions. I've been paired with Don Cummings, who has already just been a wonderful resource in teaching me about the industry. And he's given me a new vision for what sorts of careers would be possible in, in plant breeding. Um, I've been very grateful for the opportunity to network and meet these people. Now, what's next for you in your career as you finish your PhD? Where do you hope to go from here? Yeah, I just finished my third year of graduate school um, and I hope to have two more years left. And after that, I'm really hoping to work for either an industry or maybe in a national lab setting um, to get to work with high performance computing, these large computing systems and think about how um, to design experiments to utilize the computational power we have now to advance that field. I, I hope to be able to do that in an in industry setting or in a, a national lab setting. That'd be wonderful. Thanks for your time, Mary Frances. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been really fun. For more coverage of this year's NAPB meeting, visit seedworld.com slash NAPB 2022. Thanks for listening.